Hi, a warm welcome to Experts Connect, and I'm your host, Kadian Davis Urusu. Today, we're privileged to have an associate clinical psychologist and my longtime friend, Ms. Marsha Gooden. And our discussion topic today is about mental health. Hi, Marsha. How are you doing? Hi, Katie, and I'm doing well so far. Thank you so much for this opportunity. It's such a timely topic for us to be discussing mental health today. It is, it is. So tell me more about yourself today, Marsha. Well, I have been working as an associate um, clinical psychologist for over 10 years now. Most of my work has actually been with children and families where I've done psychotherapy and several psychoeducational assessments as well. Currently, I actually lecture with a local university where um, we train upcoming psychologists and social workers and just promote mental wellness in general in the student population. Great. And by local university, you're talking about Jamaica, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> Northern Caribbean University, Jamaica. Okay, great, great. So, Marsha, mental health seems to be a buzzword, especially in this season. Mm-hmm. So many things happening in this very catastrophic yes. year called 2020. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us what exactly is mental health? So, yeah. according to the World Health Organization, health is really referring to our sense of wellness, not just physically, but also mentally, socially, and in other aspects. It's not just the absence of being ill, but it's just about our entire feeling of being well. So Mm -hmm. when we talk about health, we're really talking about how we are in different aspects. And then mental health specifically is really referring to how it is that we're navigating our feelings, our thoughts, our behaviors. How stable are we in terms of how we are perceiving our environment? So anything like that. So in terms of me coming onto this program, <laughs> just know, am I feeling anxious about it? How well am I able to deal with this quote-unquote stress of being here? Those are the sorts of issues that we're referring to when we speak about mental health. Wow, that's eye-opening. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. tell me something more about what are the common mental illnesses that you have identified in your practice? Okay, all right. So there are several mental illnesses, and we do refer to the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Illnesses, the DSM-5, that's the fifth edition, which is in now. So that reference manual basically describes a myriad of mental illnesses. So we're talking about things like major depressive disorder. We're talking about anxiety disorders, post-traumatic stress disorders. So even now in this time, Um, persons may be going through a lot of stress based on job losses, based on the loss of others. So persons may be feeling anxious. So we're talking about excessive worrying, feeling more tense than we would usually feel. So, So at times, anxiety can also be pronounced in our bodies physically. So we may have heart palpitations, we may experience shortness of breath. So those are some symptoms of anxiety um, disorders. Specifically, too, you may also have persons who are feeling traumatized, you know, internationally. There are several traumatic events that are influencing groups of people, whether it is bombs or shootings or a, a myriad of things. So a lot of us may be walking around with trauma we don't know. So another disorder that 
the um, Dengue Reflexive is post-traumatic stress disorder. So sometimes persons may go through a really life-threatening experience. And even if someone doesn't go through it directly, if someone even observes someone else going through a traumatic experience, that person could be vicariously traumatized. And then experience, re-experiencing, having certain things like nightmares or flashbacks, avoiding certain areas, not wanting to go places that would remind you of a traumatic event. So there are so many mental illnesses. Depression is another popular one. I mean, everybody gets sad, Katie. Everybody gets sad from time to time. You may lose some money, lose a job. But there may be times when we experience excessive sadness. Mm-hmm. That we're not able to enjoy life the way that we would. We're not able to eat as we would, as we would. Maybe we're eating more or we're eating less. Maybe we're sleeping more or we're sleeping less. So we're really looking for those significant changes. And someone may be suffering from depression. They also have more thoughts of death. Yeah. So it, 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 it's, a, it's a whole range of challenges. Something else as well. Because a lot of times... We think that our children don't even experience your mental health challenges. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it is definitely something that we do have to be aware of. Even when we look at kids who may have issues controlling their behaviors, controlling their impulses. So we're even thinking about things like conduct problems, maybe fighting more than usual, stealing things, not showing remorse for persons when it is you have hurt your feelings. Yeah. All of those little issues will make us definitely more concerned and want to do some form of intervention. So it's, it, it ranges. It really does range. Yeah. And you mentioned, in, like, you mentioned having nightmares, not wanting to mm-hmm. eat, for example, mm-hmm. with the kids, um, mm-hmm. not being, behaving in a proper way. What are some of the signs of mental illness? Right. So, so generally speaking, generally speaking, we're really looking for change. Mm-hmm. So what I would have described before would have been some more specific signs under the anxiety disorder, depression, post-traumatic stress disorder. But generally speaking, we're really looking for change. So it's important for us to know ourselves and also to have persons around us in our support system who can give us feedback. Even for our children, we want to be observing them so we know what their quote-unquote normal is. Yeah. So anything outside of that norm is what we definitely want to pay attention to. So if your child is usually a quiet child, they usually have fun with playing the games on the phone, watching TV, and then maybe all of a sudden, the child comes over the aggressive and starts to fight and starts to see if you can okay, maybe something is wrong. Maybe something is affecting um, the child in terms of how they're thinking and how they're feeling. You want to look for changes in behavior. You also want to look um, for changes in thought patterns. So either that the person is becoming more irrational in their thinking. And of course, the cultural context is important for this because your culture will also determine what is considered to be odd and irrational. So your culture also does need to be taken into consideration. We want to look at thought patterns as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we do want to look at the level of discomfort that the person is experiencing. So is this type of behavior of being overly aggressive, like in the case of the child, is yeah. that preventing the child from making friends? 
Yeah. Is that preventing the child from studying? Is that even preventing the child from wanting to go to sleep because they're just becoming really oppositional? Yeah. So you want to look for significant changes in behavior, changes in thinking. You also want to look at how the person fits within their cultural context. And you really want to see the distress that the particular behavior is causing the individual. So generally speaking, those are definitely some things you want to look out for. Yeah, and I can imagine sometimes that people with mental illnesses, sometimes they may have this trait of becoming a bit more violent. Is that correct? Not necessarily in some cases, yes. But because there are just so many mental illnesses, Katie, and we yeah. can't necessarily pinpoint violence to the, or, or, or make violence almost like a general um, sign of mental yeah. illness because there are so many mental illnesses, right? You can have a mental illness where um, someone just becomes so withdrawn and within themselves, they just don't want to interact anymore. So yeah. it, it really does depend. It really does depend. Okay, great. So we have identified a few signs of mental illnesses. The person could become withdrawn or yeah, reclusive, etc. But I can imagine that living with someone who has a mental illness can become a bit heavy for that household. So how can we encourage the person who has a mental illness to seek professional help? Okay, and that is definitely key. So, so it's important that we are definitely trying to not be judgmental. Yeah. So there, there is a big issue of stigma mm -hmm. towards persons who have mental illness, where we may see the person acting oddly, see the person not really fitting and not able to carry out their functions um, as we would expect. And yeah. we start to look at them in a different way. We start to withdraw from them not wanting to interact with them, not wanting to eat with them or be seen out with them in public. We want to be less judgmental. That's, that's the first thing. We, what we really need to let the person know that they're human. You know, what they're experiencing is just a part of the human condition. You know, in the same way that if, you know, I, 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 I broke my hand, I broke my finger, I would have to go to a doctor to get some intervention, right? Yeah. So, so, so if it is that I'm having some excessive fear or anxiety, it's also important for me to get some intervention for it. So I think it's important for us to, to normalize what the experience of the person is, be non-judgmental, and let the person know that we are there to support them. And, and the fact is that, or it would also be important for us to let the person know that we want them to be at their best. We want them to function at their best. We want them to be able to work as they would usually work, to feel happy and just joyful and just have that zest of life as, as they would. So you also want to point out the benefits to that individual of them getting assistance. And as much as it is possible, it would be great for us as the family members, relatives, and other persons to continue to show that consistent support throughout the person's journey. But I, I wanted to I wanted to, to make another point though, um, Katie, and even though it's not a part of the question. Yeah. Because even though persons who have mental illnesses may reach a point where external intervention is necessary, yeah. we don't have to reach that point to get external intervention. Okay, that's a good point. We, yeah. 
we don't have to get to that point. We don't have to wait until, you know, we are stuck in bed with depression, or we're overly anxious or we're feeling, you know, overly just traumatized about whatever. We can also just go for therapy, go for intervention, just to learn more about ourselves and to give us the tools that we need to overcome the challenges that we have faced. A lot of us are carrying baggage. Exactly. <laughs> a lot of us are carrying baggage. Yeah. <laughs> baggage from childhood, right? Some stuff that our parents did to us that we haven't forgiven them yet. And it's preventing us from getting into that relationship with that young man, that young lady, whoever you're thinking about, right? Yeah. But because we haven't dealt with the damage, it's impacting on our ability to have quality relationships. Yeah? yeah. So even if we don't have an illness, we still are mental beings, right? So we still need to take care. So yeah. we still need to take care of our mental health. So we don't have to wait for it to reach it at that point. I mean, and, and I'll say it right here. I mean, right now, I am going to counseling for just helping me to work through some challenges that I am having because I definitely want to be able to adjust and be able to be have a more meaningful life experience. So, I mean, therapy, counseling, eh, not a big deal. So let's just take our time and be open to the possibility of getting assistance when we need it and also getting assistance to gain the coping skills. And then when something may come about we need it, we can just use those skills that we would have learned. I wholeheartedly agree with this because you know what's the problem, Marsha? A lot of people mm -hmm. think that once you start to seek professional help or even start going to therapy or just started to practice mental wellness sometimes, people may think, oh, I'm loony or I'm crazy. So we need to break that unconscious bias that says people who decide to take care of their mental health are crazy. No, we are mental beings, as you rightly said. So we have to take care of our mental health, right? Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yes. So... Marsha, you wrote a two-part series of articles on this platform, teachsomebody.com, concerning 10 ways to practice mental health in just about a minute. Can you briefly tell us a few of those tips? Okay, so the rationale behind it is, 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 is just to promote mental wellness. Yeah. Because as we've been discussing, sometimes we see mental health as this big deal, you know, madness. But as mental beings, it's important for us to just know some little skills that we can do. If we're in the supermarket line and we're feeling particularly anxious, what can I do to calm down? Mm -hmm. If I'm at the cashier and I realize that there's no more, you know, my debit card has run out of cash and I'm feeling a little embarrassed, a little angry, what can I do, right? Yeah. <laughs> And then in my work with the university, I found that sometimes students have a challenge just coping with the stresses of tertiary education. So it is a practice that I use to also end my classes, a mindful minute, where we just literally take a minute or so to just practice something. So one that I do religiously daily is practicing gratitude. Ms. Akadian, especially in times like these with COVID, where it's almost as though every day you turn on the radio or the TV, there's something negative. It's important for us to look for that silver lining 
it's important for us to see what is made a cup half full. Yeah, remember that analogy with the glass cup is it half full, is it half empty? Yeah, what is your perception? What are those things that you're grateful for? So, 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 so what that one includes is literally just being still with yourself. So when I practice it, I try to be still with myself, practice um, slowing down my breathing, and I literally reflect on as many things as I can that I'm thankful for. So I'm thankful for my breath. I'm thankful for life. I'm thankful that I have friends that I can depend on. I'm thankful that I have food to eat. I'm thankful that I have strength. So you're just thinking about anything. And it, it's so important because there are a lot of times when we take the little things for granted. Exactly, yeah. And we don't even realize what we have going for us. And we lose focus and we get so distracted and so discouraged. And it's like, not now going through it to use Jamaican um, pattern. Right? Yeah. <laughs> That's what is happening for us. But it's important for us to reflect and really understand that we do have more going for us that we can be grateful for that now that we even know. Another one that I really like is deep breathing. Yeah. Deep breathing. I love that one. Breath right now. <laughs> yeah, we, we could actually do some right now. No, for real. And, and, and I'll tell you, this is something I practice. I was in a, a line, I was going to the tax office during this whole. Um, COVID-19 crisis. Yeah. And when I saw the line, Kadia, I literally started to have shortness of breath and my heart started to beat faster. I kid you not, right? Wow. So I was out for you. So I was in the car and I literally had to just be speaking to myself. Okay, do I have to go into the line? What can I do? And I literally had to be calming myself down with some deep breaths as well. Right? So, so, so what you want to do, you want to imagine that your lungs are like balloons. So every time you breathe in, you'd be yes. filling your lungs with air. And then when you breathe out, you'd be expelling that air from your lungs. It's important for you to do it slowly because if you do it too fast, it may feel a little uncomfortable. So you just want to do it slowly. I usually inhale for a count of four and exhale mm-hmm. for another count of four, right? So we could do maybe three deep breaths. What do you think? Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. We need to do this. Yeah. All right. So let's go in for four and then out for four. Okay. So remember to breathe slowly. Mm-hmm. Breathe in. Out for more. Inhale nose. Oh. One more time in. And out. Wow, that felt so good. Oh my gosh. Mm, mm, yeah. It's, it's so simple, Kaden. I'm telling you, but these little things. Yeah. If we learn how to control these little parts of our bodies, mm-hmm. we can make a world of impact, world, world of change. And then, no, so, so, there, so there, is a, there is another one, which is positive affirmations. This one may be familiar with your, with your audience as well. Sometimes we don't see the strengths that we have within ourselves. So 
sometimes you'll be surrounded with persons who are rather negative and who don't see the benefit that we bring to our environment. So sometimes it's important for us to affirm who we are. Sometimes it's important for us to reflect on who we are and state who we are. Because additionally, that self-talk, which, which is another term that we use, the language, the narrative that we tell ourselves also determines how we feel about ourselves. If it is that we're going to be feeling overly anxious or relaxed, and it also determines how we behave towards ourselves. Are we taking care of ourselves? Are we taking care of our relationships? So our self-talk is key. So one way to um, change that self-talk is to practice positive affirmations. So it's, it's, it's relatively simple as well. So you really just want to think about who you are deep down at your core or even a quality that you associate with who you would like to be. So for instance, I am happy. I am healthy. Yes. I am whole. I am enough. I am good as I am. Right? I am strong. So, so, so it's almost like we are being our own cheerleader. And we are affirming who we are. We are boosting ourselves. And, and it's not about becoming boastful or anything like yeah. that. It's really just about affirming who we are. We're not trying to be more than we are. With the state and what is, you know, and, and and even certain things that we value that we want to speak into ourselves. So that one is definitely key as well. Wow. All right. Continue. Yes. <laughs> all right. So all right. So another one, another one that, that I love is to is to use music. Is mm-hmm. to use music as well. There are a lot of songs out there. Some are some may have positive messages. But if we can find a song sometimes that we can just sing for a minute, you'd be surprised how it lifts your mood. You'd be so, just so surprised. And and, and research has actually shown that even if we sing it first with groups of people, that also helps to lift our mood. So doing music with others, singing with others, that also helps to lift our mood. Yeah. So definitely definitely has some benefits. There's a popular one by my that I love as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't worry, don't worry about that. You know that one here. Don't worry. About a better thing. Cause every little thing is gonna be alright. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So, so, so we've got to find ways to just repeat those positive messages to ourselves over and over again. And another one too, since we're talking about positive messages, is also quotes, positive yeah. quotes. Yeah. So, so there is another great Jamaican philosopher, Marcus Garvey, mm-hmm. and one of his popular quotes is, um, if, if you don't believe in yourself, you're twice defeated in the race of life. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't have confidence in yourself, don't quote me on it. Don't quote me on it, but you can go ahead and, and do that search. If you don't have confidence in yourself, you're twice defeated in the race of life. So 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 we can find messages, positive messages in quotes from from persons. 
We can find positive messages from songs and repeat them to ourselves. We can affirm ourselves. So in that way, we are changing our self-talk. In that way, we are changing our narrative. So hopefully, the, the, the idea is that the more positive we are thinking, the more um, positive emotions we may experience. So we're likely to experience more joy, more hope, more confidence, and that can spur us on to achieve our goals and to really just make a better impact in our relationships, in our workplace, and in the community. So it is just, there are just so many small things we can do. So many small things we can do to take care of our mental health. Wow, Marsha, I am so empowered. I actually felt like this was a therapy session. I feel so relaxed <laughs> just, just having this conversation. I just feel a sense of peace. So mm. thank you. I realized mm -hmm. that we are mental beings and we definitely mm. take care of our mental health. There are several mm -hmm. mental illnesses, depression, mm -hmm. mental illnesses that we have to mm -hmm. pay attention to. But we also need to seek therapy. We need to seek yes. prevention. We need mm -hmm. to also, if we have people that are living in our households who have mental health issues, we need to provide our support. We need to make mm -hmm. people feel whole. And I really mm -hmm. like the tips that you have shared with us. They're really helpful. I like the notion of singing. Music is my therapy. Mm. also these positive quotes having these conversations with ourselves thanks for sharing these tips with us and thank you for your willingness to share your knowledge on this platform I have been empowered and I'm sure you as our viewers have also been empowered by this very informative conversation and thank you so much again, Marsha, to our viewers. Thank you for tuning in. I'll see you next week where we will be discussing exciting topics that will ignite your passion for learning. If you like this video, please feel free to give it an applause. Also ask your questions and share your comments in the comment section below. Have a wonderful rest of the week. Thanks again, Marsha, and bye-bye.